Welcome to Living Water Radio. Do you ever imagine that all your spiritual struggles would be over if only you had more faith? They wouldn't. Today, we're going to find out why. My name is Pastor David Burkettall. My wife, Irvin Sally Welch, is co-producing this podcast. Sally is an ordained minister focusing on ecumenical and interfaith ministry. I served Lutheran Christian congregations in Compton, California, and in San Dimas, California, for over 40 years. Today, I'm serving part-time in Monterey Park, California, maintaining our yard as my gym, and I'm active as a volunteer in the leadership of the more than 100 Evangelical Lutheran Church in America congregations in our area. We are retired clergy and have over 80 years of ordained ministry experience between the two of us. Check out our first Living Water Radio podcast, number zero, Welcome and Introduction, for more information about us and this podcast. I saw a meme the other day that said, if I was a Jedi, there's a 100% chance I would use the Force inappropriately. People who commented agreed, talking about getting out of speeding tickets, turning off the lights after being snug in bed, and silencing their neighbors' late-night parties. I'm sure we could think of even more inappropriate uses of this power. Jesus' disciples were called apostles after they had been sent on missionary journeys. Apostle means sent one. They were close to Jesus for nearly three years. They felt that they could ask for things. If you could ask Jesus for one thing, what would it be? The apostles knew. We see it in Luke 17, verse 5. The apostles said to the Lord, Increase our faith. What would you do if you had more faith? Use it inappropriately? Throw mountains into the sea? Fling trees around your neighborhood? Or would you seek greater service? The apostles did have the right idea. Faith doesn't come as an act of our will. It is a gift from God. It is the lived relationship for which human beings were created, now restored by the cross of Jesus Christ and his resurrection. They had the right idea, but they didn't know what they needed or what it would cost. The people whose faith I most admired when I was growing up were people who had a kind of luminous faith, and I wanted that. When I was able to see what they all had in common, I realized that it was experiences of suffering through which they had seen God's faithfulness. They were faithful in the transformational power of God's gifts. So, as I grew up, I prayed that God would give me just enough of that suffering, not enough to sink me, just enough to bring me through life's trials with that same kind of luminous faith. Then I grew up and found out what that suffering involved. And I stopped praying for that. The good news of salvation through faith would come through the suffering of Jesus, and he was preparing his disciples for that. He replied to the apostles' request in verses 6 through 7. The Lord replied, If you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, Be rooted up and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. I had a friend who was also a pastor who said that on the first day of the second semester of his introduction to the Bible class, the professor looked over the room and said, I don't know why any of you are here for the second semester. You aren't applying half of what you learned in the first semester. Jesus asked the same question of the apostles. He used a common rhetorical technique in the Middle East of his day by using an extreme example in order to signal an important point. 
If he meant it literally, there'd have been a lot of flying trees from that time forward. Instead, his point was that the apostles' need for faith wasn't a matter of quantity, but of quality. Any faith is faith, and faith that comes as a gift from God is what saves us. It comes in the living relationship with the one true living God for which we were created. This reality stood in contrast to the teaching of the Pharisees, who were lurking in the crowd, looking for something they could use to bring Jesus down. The Pharisees believed and taught that keeping the religious laws is what saves people. They were professionals at it. They believed that they were already being blessed by God because of their good works. Their status and respect in the eyes of the people proved it, and they would be the ones receiving even greater rewards from God because they believed that they were better than other people. Jesus has an answer for them and for his followers in verses 7 through 10. Who among you would say to your slave who has just come in from plowing or tending sheep in the field, come here at once and take your place at the table? Would you not rather say to him, prepare supper for me and put on your apron and serve me while I eat and drink? Later you may eat and drink. Do you thank the slave for doing what was commanded? So you also, when you have done all that you were ordered to do, say, We are worthless slaves. We have done only what we ought to have done. These words startle us because we find slavery so repugnant. In Jesus' time, it was normal as going to the grocery store. Slavery was later abolished, largely by Christians, but at the time of Christ, it wasn't chattel slavery as it has been in much of modern world history, but it was seen as a second chance for prisoners of war who were killed in battle, or for people who sold their labor to pay a debt. Slaves were given positions of prestige and trust and could work their way out of slavery. Jesus wasn't condoning slavery as normal. He was using it as an example of how very little we have to claim before God. The last words of Martin Luther, the 16th century church reformer, are said to have been, We are beggars. This is true. We come before God with nothing but the blood of Jesus to put us right with God. We don't expect the restaurant owner to thank us for paying our bill. We don't expect the government to thank us for paying our taxes. We don't expect God to save us, but he does. Paul writes in Romans chapter 5, verses 6-8, through For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. Indeed, rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person someone might actually dare to die. But God proves his love for us in that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. The religious laws were given for our benefit. The Pharisees had turned them into a burden, but either way, God didn't give us the ten suggestions. God gave them as a blessing for us to lead good lives. We can only expect punishment, either by God or as a consequence of our own foolish choices when we break God's laws. And that was the end of the story of life for the Pharisees. Punishments and rewards earned by keeping or by breaking God's laws. Paul explains God's answer in the next chapter, in Romans chapter 6, verse 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. 
What is the good news of Jesus Christ? Paul writes this to the church at Ephesus in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. What if what we do and don't do is not what gets us into or keeps us out of heaven? What is this faith that saves us? Faith is not optimism. It is not blind, and it is not a feeling. It is not something we work ourselves into or something we all have to figure out for ourselves. If it is any of those things, optimism, blind, a feeling, an accomplishment, or something just for you, it is your faith. And because it comes from you, it is not up to the task of life. And sooner or later, it will fail, and probably sooner rather than later. What is faith? Paul writes in the 11th chapter of his letter to the Hebrews, what many call the faith chapter, in Hebrews 11.1. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Faith is knowing things we don't know, believing in things we cannot see. This makes us vulnerable in our post-enlightenment, modern, and postmodern culture. We are challenged to prove that what we believe about God is true with only material arguments, or more commonly, we are just blown off with the words of Jeffrey, the dude Lebowski and the big Lebowski. Well, that's just like your opinion, man. Or people inflate every bad experience they have ever had or heard about, every judgmental church lady or man, or every boring worship service they have ever sat through into evidence that the church is not for them, and they just form their personal religion, spiritual, but not religious. Faith that is from you will most definitely fail. And when it does, where can you turn? How can a person return to faith? First, if your faith was from you, don't bother trying. If faith was something you manufactured for yourself and your own needs, it wasn't real to begin with. Second, God never abandons us, but we can move away from God. There was a bumper sticker stuck to the inside of the door to the emergency food pantry of the church I served in Compton that said, If you feel far from God, guess who moved? Turn your life around, that is, repent and allow God to draw you to God. Third, remember that it's not about you. How many of us were confirmed after some happy hours with Luther's small catechism? Remember Luther's explanation to the third article of the Apostles' Creed? Of course you do. I believe that I cannot by my own understanding or effort believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to him. But the Holy Spirit has called me through the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts, and sanctified and kept me in true faith. In the same way he calls, gathers, enlightens, and sanctifies the whole Christian church on earth, and keeps it united with Jesus Christ in the one true faith. If you don't have a copy of the Catechism, buy it online, or go to Google's Play Store or Apple's App Store and download the free version from Concordia Publishing. Fourth, spend some time in the Bible, the primary way that God speaks to us in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives us faith. How does that happen? Faith comes by hearing. In Paul's letter to the Romans, he writes in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, So faith comes from what is heard, and what is heard comes through the word of Christ. 
The Word of Christ is Christ's living reality. Are you missing a sense of the living reality of God? Are you feeling dry as we come out of the pandemic? Do you know who else felt that well before the pandemic? Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa was an Albanian nun who established an order of nuns who cared for the poorest of the poor in Calcutta, India. She left instructions that when she died, her journals were to be burned. They were preserved and published nevertheless. The world was shocked when her innermost thoughts came to light. Her journal was filled with a spiritual emptiness, a longing for something from God. Some read that and said, see, she was a fake. Others read that and said, what a saint to be obedient and faithful while getting nothing in return. Some people say that there is no such thing as altruism, of selfless service to others. They say that when we do good, we feel good, and that that feeling is our reward and the reason we do the good that we do. Mother Teresa got nothing while spending her life doing what is universally recognized as service to the poor. We sometimes feel the same in our lives of service in the life of faith. Sometimes we just put our heads down and keep chugging ahead, only later maybe realizing that the Holy Spirit was there within us all along. We just didn't have a word for it. Fifth, we can be the means of the Holy Spirit when we exercise our credible witness. Study after study for decades has found that 80 to 85 percent of Christians come to faith through the influence of a friend or relative, someone who is seen as having nothing to gain, whose words are credible to them. We are the first Bible some people will ever read. God doesn't see us that way, but people do. Sixth, faith comes from God in community, and it can be restored there, too. We are made for a living personal relationship with God. We live in the Christian community in relationship with one another in an expression of that relationship. That is the nature of the Christian faith. It's not just a gift given to us as individuals. It's a gift to the whole community. Sometimes one of us is weak and others are strong, but we are only strong for one another. You have to be a part of the community to know that. Seventh, be real, be transparent, live from the inside out, live from the transformed life within you. You are a new creation in Jesus Christ. Live from that. Faith that we generate for ourselves will fail. Faith that comes from a living relationship with the one true living God never fails because it comes from a place that is holy, pure, and transcendent, a place that is ultimately true. It comes from God. That's how we know it is real, even when we struggle, even when we don't feel anything. As Philip Dick, the science fiction writer, once said, reality is that which, when you stop believing in it, doesn't go away. Turn to God. Turn to the ultimate reality of the Holy Spirit, to the ongoing personal presence of God for good in the world. Open your heart to receive the streams of living water, the metaphor for the Holy Spirit used in both the Old and New Testament of the Bible. 
to the presence of God to nourish you, inspire you, push you sometimes, and to make of you a new creation. God will make you into something that is real, something that defines everything about you, something that makes you a credible witness to others, because your faith has not come from you. It is real because it comes from God. That is the meaning of faith. Faith in prayer is idolatry. Faith in God is life as it was meant to be lived. Faith in faith is false belief. Faith in God is the life for which we were created. We are starting to emerge now from the pandemic. Let God make your new normal a life of faith. Get out of God's way today and receive the singular quality of faith in God to live within you. See life as it was meant to be seen. Live it as it was meant to be lived. It is not the quantity of our faith that matters. It is the quality of faith itself, because faith is the gift from God that makes us whole forever. That is the meaning of faith. Today, let's remember to pray the Lord's Prayer, the one that Jesus taught us. If you don't know what that is, contact us at therevsdavidandsally at gmail.com or send us a tweet to at David Burkadal and we'll send it to you. Send your prayer requests to either of the same addresses and we'll include them next time. Send your comments, questions, and concerns there as well and we'll respond to every one. As always, we encourage you to stay hydrated, to open your heart to receive the living water from the source, God's self the living presence of the one true living God, the God who gave himself on the cross so that all who believe and are baptized might be restored to the living relationship with God for which we were created. Remember your church. Identify one if you don't already have one. Pray about it and ask the Holy Spirit to guide you. Ask a friend about it or a family member. Google it. Contact the pastor. When you have a church, go to or tune into the worship services they have available and support your church with your time, your treasure, and your talent. Pray for and support your pastor and church leaders as they seek to do God's will for your congregation. If you are having thoughts of suicide or are struggling with mental health issues, call somebody. Contact a friend or a relative. Google a local or national hotline. Reach out. There are people around you who will walk with you through this dark time into the light. You are not alone. Wear a mask when you're outside your home. Practice social distancing. Wash or sanitize your hands regularly. Avoid crowds if you can. And be outside if you have to be in a crowd. But most importantly, get your vaccines and boosters. It's the one thing you can do to literally save lives and get us back on track. Be kind to everyone you come into contact with. Everyone you meet today struggles in some way. Be a helper and encourager. Thank you for listening to Living Water Radio. We are here for Christians and for the people of the Los Angeles metropolitan area who are looking for a sense of Christian community, a source of hope, and a way to thrive together as we move into the new normal. We hope you'll tune in next time and invite your friends to do the same. Meanwhile, Sally and I encourage you to open your hearts to receive living water, the presence of the Holy Spirit, and stay hydrated.